you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash Hey everybody, it's Wednesday, November 2nd, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG, Marcus Grant. Joined by Michael F. Florio and the specialists, the cast of dozens. Give yourselves a round of applause. That was put on this show each and every day, each and every week. And we got a... Full show for you, but uh, man, the trade deadline is coming on. Usually the NFL trade deadline is sort of like, meh. This was like, it was like an NBA or MLB type trade deadline. Trade deadlines are the only thing that other sports had over the NFL. And if if this is an indication of signs of things to come, I mean... They just they took that from They're <laughs> just well. taking everything. The NFL, <laughs> they're just stomping through like Godzilla in Tokyo, right? We're just taking everything. It belongs to us now. But uh, we got that to talk about. Plenty of fantasy-relevant names that traded places. Of course, we will go through the slate of games coming up for Week 9. We'll have our heroes and villains. Also, some trade targets for you. Is It's about time to maybe start making some moves, maybe to bolster your roster for a potential playoff run. But let's start with the fantasy headlines, and it is all about... The trades, 12 players traded on deadline day. That's the most in the last 30 years. 
Some of the names that moved places, Chase Claypool goes from Pittsburgh to Chicago, TJ Hawkinson from Detroit to Minnesota, Chase Edmonds goes from Miami to Denver, Jeff Wilson rejoins his old coach Mike McDaniel now in Miami, Naheem Hines and Zach Moss, they swap places going from Indianapolis to Buffalo and vice versa. So much going on in the trade space over the last couple of days. That's not even counting things like, you know, Christian McCaffrey going from Carolina to San Francisco. These are just all the things that happen on deadline day. So let's start with Detroit, right? You got TJ Hawkinson going to the Minnesota Vikings for a second round pick in 2023, a third round pick in 2024. I guess for me, the only thing I have to say is that my dream of Irv Smith being a fantasy sleeper, are they were already sort of on life support when Johnny Munt is catching touchdown <laughs> passes. I guess now you can officially pour one out. But what does this mean for Hawkinson now? Yeah, the Vikings saw Irv Smith flop against the Cardinals, and they were like, we need, a, we need someone we need else. Somebody else. <laughs> Hawkinson, I think right now the immediate thing I would take a wait-and-see approach because it, it's different from pass catchers than it is for running backs. Like They've got to learn the playbook. They've got to learn the routes. And for a tight end, you also got to learn the blocking schemes as well. So I think uh, this week in a tough matchup and, and a little bit moving forward, I would take a wait-and-see approach. But I think his upside for the rest of the year is higher with the Vikings, it's a quarterback upgrade. I think it's an offensive system upgrade. And he's in a similar position target competition-wise, so I don't think that changes a whole lot either. I think you're right. I think the the upgrade potentially is because of the quarterback. But I think target-wise, I think it's sort of about the same just yeah. because in Detroit, he was battling with Amon Ross St. Brown and, De- and DeAndre Swift for targets. Now he's going to be fighting with Justin Jefferson and I guess to some extent Adam Thielen for those targets. So I think... I think maybe it's a wash, but I don't think it's a bad situation. I don't think it's a downgrade for TJ Hawkinson. Chase Claypool, as I mentioned, goes from the Pittsburgh Steelers to the Chicago Bears. And, man, things soured quickly for Claypool in Pittsburgh after his breakout as a rookie. I don't know how you feel about this. I feel, again, this this to me seems like sort of a wash for Claypool's value, but I do think it helps Justin Fields. I I agree 100% with you. And I saw people on Twitter yesterday saying, like, oh, Chase Claypool could be the Bears' number one wide receiver. And I'm like... Okay, we're, we're super hyped about Justin Fields. It has nothing to do with his throwing. He's thrown the ball uh, fewer than 200 yards in three straight games. I don't anticipate the Bears changing up their offensive system and suddenly becoming a pass-first team. What I think this does, though, is it's a higher quality of target for Justin Fields. So when he does throw, now he's got Mooney and Komet and, and uh, Claypool. So it's just higher quality. And I also think George Pickens in Pittsburgh is a huge winner here. George Pickens definitely wins with Claypool not there to battle for targets. I think for Chase Claypool, he goes to a place with less target competition, but he also goes to an offense with fewer targets overall because yeah. <laughs> the Bears are so committed to running the football. So maybe he gets more chunk plays, but I don't think he gets more targets just because he moved to Chicago. Naheem Hines goes to the Bills. Zach Moss goes from the Bills to the Colts. This, I don't know. I, for Zach Moss, I don't think really anything changes. I think he's still stuck down the depth chart. But for Hines, I don't know that I love Hines more. I think it just makes me more sad for Devin Singletary. I agree. And I, I saw some people on Fantasy Twitter yesterday blowing up Naheem Hines saying this is great. And I'm like, I, I just don't see it. I, I think the Bills have been searching for a pass-catching running back all offseason. We know they were in on J.D. McKissick. They went after Duke Johnson, uh, James Cook. I think James Cook is now gone. Like yes. I, I don't really anticipate seeing him much. I'm thinking Singletary is their early down runner who probably plays more snaps. Hines will be used in obvious passing down situations, the two-minute drill. But then you also have to worry about Josh Allen taking 
snaps, uh, I'm sorry, carries and touchdowns away as well. Right. I, I think that's sort of what it is. I mean, James Cook, all the people who were James Cook truthers, I think you can – you guys can sit down for the rest of the season. We'll we'll come back to you maybe in August of next year yeah. and see what we think then. But I just feel like this is great for the Bills. I don't think this is great for us fantasy-wise. I think everybody sort of takes a step back in that Buffalo backfield. Uh, Jeff Wilson goes from the 49ers to the Dolphins. He reunites not only with Raheem Moster, but with Mike McDaniel. And I saw you tweeting that basically the Dolphins have <laughs> created 49ers East with what they've done back there. And this is another one where I think Wilson gets a slight uptick, maybe not enough that you're starting him, but this potentially is a downgrade a little bit for Raheem Mostert now. Yeah, I agree because he knows the system. He's a good runner. I, I, I think he could be in the similar role he was when Mostert was the starter for the Niners and Wilson would come in and get you like eight to ten touches a game, something like that. I, I think his value kind of stays the same. Like you said, he's not someone that you want to start each week, but we know that if Raheem Mostert goes down and he's missed a lot of time in his career, Jeff Wilson becomes someone that you could immediately get in your starting lineup. The good news for Jeff Wilson is that you don't have to worry about Raheem Mostert pulling a touchdown trifecta. I don't <laughs> I don't predict him throwing a touchdown anytime soon, so I guess you have that going for you. And, side note, somebody tweeted this to me. I didn't think about it. Christian McCaffrey is a huge winner here because now the number 22 is vacant in San Francisco, so maybe he switches over. That would be so cool if he goes back to – and then, like, there's just one game where he played as 23, as 23. And, and he had the trifecta. Like, that's right? the most Michael Jordan thing I've ever heard. Absolutely, right? <laughs> he plays He plays in number 23, he gets the touchdown trifecta, and then he gets to switch to 22 for the rest of his time in San Francisco. Uh, one last one, and this one is more of a long-term impact. The Falcons send Calvin Ridley to the Jaguars for a couple of future draft picks. Now – Ridley is suspended at least through the 2022 season. We'll see if he's reinstated for 2023. So obviously the Jaguars get no use out of him this year. This seems like a dynasty move, and it definitely seems like a big potential upgrade for Trevor Lawrence if and when Ridley's able to come back to play. Yeah, next year the Jags are cooking with fire, man. Calvin Ridley, one of the best field stretchers in the game. Christian Kirk has been playing well, but he's, I think, better suited as a number two. Uh, then Travis Etienne, there's so much explosiveness in this Jacksonville Jaguars offense. Ridley, a player to go get in Dynasty or Keeper Leagues right now. And I also think this helps the like Kyle Pitts and Drake London because hopefully next year they, they have a quarterback that can the ball, throw the ball. Right? And then that's just more targets for those two. I was say, maybe, you know, look, I know that Ridley would like to be on the field. We'd like to see him out on the field. But I guess in some ways, considering the way this offense has gone, it sort of worked out for him. He, he would be playing that Demir Bird role. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's good, right? Because, like, Demir Bird has done well. Like, I think Calvin Ridley's a more talented player, so it would have been even better, maybe. Who knows? Time to look at our heroes and villains of the week, the guys who will carry you to victory or send you to defeat. Let's start on the good foot. Who is a player who deserves to be in a lot of lineups this week? I think Justin Fields. And I, I don't know if Adam Rank is going to love or hate how much I'm on the Justin Fields <laughs> hype train right now, but I, I think this guy has league-winning upside. I think he could be what Jalen Hurts was last year, someone who throws for like a, a 150 to 200 passing yards per game with, you know, a passing touchdown or two, but is giving you so much production with his legs that most weeks he's going to be giving you over 20 fantasy points. I, I dropped Russell Wilson for him in the league. I dropped Derek Carr for him in the league. I, I'm rolling with Justin Fields. I've gotten a range of quarterbacks. People have asked me about should they drop for Justin Fields. It's been Russ. It's been Derek Carr. It's been Aaron Rodgers. Should I drop Aaron Rodgers yeah. for Justin Fields? And in some cases I'm like, 
Yeah, I think he probably should because he's been that much better. The one I keep going, like if I had Brady, that's I'm I'm still hard to quit on yeah. Brady given all the talent he has around him. Right, that one's the hard one to, to sort of decide there. For me, the guy that I think is going to be the hero is Miles Sanders, who has been very, very good this year amidst an Eagles offense that has been very, very good this year. But part of it is we're just picking on the Houston Texans. They have been awful against the run and yes I know a lot of people get run over by Derrick Henry but they've been run over by a lot of different running backs this year Miles Sanders playing very good football and this could be a situation where we do see the Eagles take a lead be able to run the football in the second half because I I don't know that we have seen Philadelphia play a full four quarters this season they haven't really had to I don't think they're going to have to again (laughs) this week so I think you're going to see Miles Sanders run effectively I think you'll see Jalen Hurts pick up a lot of rushing yards so he should definitely be in your lineup in week nine so that gets us to our fantasy villains of the week the guys that Maybe you can't avoid them because of your lineup situation, but guys that you're not going to be excited about starting this week. Yeah, I don't think you can avoid Jonathan Taylor, but I don't think you have to be excited. And sadly, I mean, this was the guy who's the 101 who won a bunch of people, their leagues last year. But the thing is, he's not been the same runner on the ground because the Colts O-line is in shambles right now. Like this was supposed to be one of the best units in the league. Instead, they've been anything but. And he's not getting those running lanes on the ground, at least when we had Matt Ryan as the quarterback. We had the passes to save him, and especially if no Naheem Hines was there, it'd be to the moon uh, for Taylor in the passing game. But right now, Sam Ellinger do three times to running backs last week. I'm very, very concerned. And now he's got an ankle injury, and we know Belichick is going to take away the bet. So many reasons <laughs> to be worried about Jonathan Taylor this week. Very much a reason to be concerned, although like, like Florio said, you probably can't really avoid uh, putting him in your lineup this week. For me, it's going to be Michael Carter, who, since he's taken over the backfield in New York after the injury to Brees Hall, hasn't been particularly great. He's been just sort of met so far, and he's got a really tough matchup in front of him with the Buffalo Bills. Not only is the Bills defense just shutting people down right now but because of the way Buffalo can score you wonder how much that's going to potentially take him out of the game plan this week also throw in the fact that James Robinson has had an extra week to sort of get himself ready do we see him possibly get some more of the carries I think the Jets sort of want to cycle guys through they started the year kind of working a rotation now they can really do that with Robinson and Carter I just don't really love the matchup. I don't love the potential usage this week. I get it if you have to start Michael Carter, but I'm not really excited about what he can offer you for your fantasy roster. Got this tasty nugget from our friends over at the NFL research team. Travis Etienne, six rushes of 20 or more yards this season. Nick Chubb is the only player who has more so far this year. But despite that, though, he ranks 23rd in carries per game. Basically, when he gets the ball, he's awesome. They're just not giving him the ball a whole lot. So let's look ahead. This week, the Jaguars play the Raiders, who defensively have been, well, let's just be honest, they have been awful. Does ETN get to 25 points? He had 25 points last week. Does he get to 25 fantasy points again this week against the Raiders? Yeah, I think so. The The Raiders' defense has struggled against running backs all year. They've allowed the third most fantasy points to the position both on the year and in the last month. And I think the Jaguars, they learned their lesson last week. They let uh, ETN carry the ball a season-high 24 times. He turned it into a buck 56 and a touchdown. Like He is their offense. He's their most explosive player. 
Is it borderline crazy? Like, I mean, is it crazy to say he's like a borderline, maybe top five running back? I mean, if if he gets carries, he definitely yeah. is. I mean, the issue is he hasn't really been getting the opportunity. So we'll see if they load him up with touches again this week, especially when Trevor Lawrence has been underwhelming so far this season. So I do think he gets the 25 points just because the Raiders uh, have been very, very soft. Last week, just a disappointment for the Raiders all the way around getting shut out by the Saints. But I think ETN has a really big game this week. Time to start our game previews for week nine. We'll begin it at the beginning with the Thursday night football game, the Eagles against the Texans. Philadelphia trying to stay undefeated. The Texans just trying to kind of hang in there. Damian Pierce, though, has been very good all season long. Are you worried about starting him this week against a good Philadelphia defense? I'm not. I know he's coming off of a a down performance where he had a touchdown that salvaged his day, but he still gets the ball like, 15 times on the ground minimum every week plus he's been seeing around five targets and and he's explosive in his own right so yeah this is a situation where i think the floor is lower but he still always brings a high ceiling he gets so many touches i think you just got to start him it's that volume that really plays into it for damian pierce plus the fact that now he's starting to get work in the two-minute offense he's starting to get those targets which means he doesn't necessarily have to come off the field when things are going bad for the Texans, but I think they're going to be playing from behind a lot in this one. A couple of wide receivers in play here. Devonta Smith, who's been playing well. Brandon Cooks, who apparently was salty that he didn't get traded. He sent out some sort of cryptic tweet about the, I don't know, the people trying to hold him down or not trust. I don't know. Trying to ruin his career. It was a whole thing. Either way, who thinks who, who scores more points in this one, Smith or Cooks? I'm going to go with Smith uh, just because I think the quarterback play is better. I trust the offense more. The matchup is better. The The Eagles' corners are very legit. Like, this defense, I think, has league-winning upside in the second half, largely because of these corners. They get pressure on the quarterback, and then their corners stay with their receivers. Like, they just shut down Deontay Johnson and George Pickens and Chase Claypool a week ago. So, uh, angry Brandon Cooks, I'm sorry. I think you're going to keep getting more and more angry. I'm going to double down on that. Everything that Florio said, I agree with there. The the offense is better. They're scoring more points. They're just more explosive. And Brandon Cooks has been okay. He, he's been just fine so far this year. And I think a lot of that owes to a Texans offense that just doesn't move the ball, doesn't score a whole lot of points. So I think Devontae Smith is the higher scorer in this one. Keenan Allen, we have been waiting for him really to do anything since week one. He got hurt in week one. I've barely seen him. He played in their last game, but didn't really play much. That hamstring injury has been affecting him the whole time. Is this finally the week we see Keenan Allen break out? Yes. Um, I, I think they've been taking playing him with kids' gloves. Like He played in week, what, seven, uh, but sat out the entire second half because they had the week eight bye. He himself was even kind of vocal. like He wanted to sit until the bye to make sure he's 100%. I know things haven't gone the Chargers' way, but this is still a team with high aspirations. They're playing the Falcons. The Falcons have given up the third most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. No Mike Williams. I think we're going to get a lot of Keenan Allen. I think we're going to get a lot of Keenan Allen, too. This passing game has been kind of underwhelming, but I think the reason he played a couple weeks ago was because they were shorthanded at wide receiver. They just needed bodies out there, and so they sort of put Keenan Allen out there, even if he wasn't 100%. But hopefully he's ready to go. I think he's going to have a nice game. Certainly everybody who drafted him hopes 
he has a nice game because you've been waiting a while to get him in. Uh, anything else that we should pay attention to in this one? Uh, I think Tyler Algier is a sleeper in this one. Uh, I have him actually as a start in the start sit uh, uh, column, but it's more of just a streaming option, I would say, because there's six teams on by. Uh, he's the running back that's more explosive there. He's been playing. They, they split carries, but he's the one that's on the heavier side of, of the snap share. He's the one getting more usage in the passing game. And then the Chargers are a team that have really struggled against running backs. They've allowed the second most fantasy points to the position this year. And I think Arthur Smith, we know he wants to make it a run fest every week, but I think especially this one in a favorable matchup where you want to keep the Chargers offense on the sideline. Something of note, Cordero Patterson has been designated to return off injured reserve. No word if he's going to play this week. The Falcons do have three weeks to sort of work him back into the mix. So I wouldn't expect him to be on the field this week, but that's something to kind of take note of if you do have Algier on your roster. Dolphins at the Bears. The Bears obviously making the big trade, getting Chase Claypool. But I'm going to say you start Raheem Mostert. And I know that that, you know, seems sort of like duh because he's been very good. But I think maybe it's just a reminder of how good he's been versus how bad the Bears' run defense has been. Now, I'm curious to see how much Jeff Wilson works in. You talk about guys getting to a new place and having to sort of learn the playbook. I don't know that there's going to be much of a learning curve for Jeff Wilson going to Mike McDaniel because he has seen this offense, he's played in it, so I'm sure he has a familiarity with it. But still, I think Raheem Mostert, at least this week, very much the lead running back there in Miami, and teams will want to run the ball. They have been running the ball effectively against Chicago because the Bears have been very good against the pass. So I think this is a big Raheem Mostert day coming up this week Panthers at the Bengals is DJ Moore now a must start after two really nice weeks including the big week last week against Atlanta very close but I, I think it still depends on your options like you could be in a situation where you got someone good either off the waiver wire someone one of your later round picks hit something like that but in a lot like in the, the teams that I have him on I'm back to just starting him every week I'm pretty much starting him every week he's a solid wide receiver too at this point thank you to PJ Walker for sort of resurrecting him and you know I would have thought this week might be a little bit more questionable but the Bengals have injuries in their secondary they're going to be missing some really key pieces so I think that's going to be an opportunity for DJ Moore to kind of get going so I'm not going to say he's a must start but he very much is going to be in a lot of lineups and, and I think you can feel a lot more confident about him going forward anybody else that people should start in this game I think people should be starting Tyler Boyd and I know people might look at what he did on Monday night and be like oh he kind of let us down he only got the 10 points even with that late touchdown that wasn't on Tyler Boyd, man. That wasn't even on Joe Burrow. That was on this offensive line. Like, they got no protection for him. Burrow was under pressure, like, all the time in the first half. The two turnovers, it was just all bad. But the Panthers right now have the third fewest sacks in the NFL. I don't think they're going to get the same amount of pressure on Joe Burrow, which means more time for Tyler Boyd to, to get open and to get those targets. And the fact that in a down game, he's giving us 10 a week after he went for well over 20 fantasy points, that shows us that he brings a safe floor and a high ceiling. I still think right now, as long as Jamar Chase is out, it is the T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd show in the passing game for Cincinnati. Packers at the Lions. Green Bay trying to get things righted again after, was it, a four-game losing streak now that they are enduring. I'm going to say some words that if I had said them in years past, you would have laughed me off the air for being just simple-minded. But start Aaron Rodgers. Like this is a this is a thing. <laughs> Randy's super excited over there playing the air horns there. This is the thing that in the past, if I said start Aaron Rodgers, you'd have been, yeah, duh. Like, how did you get your job? But this year is actually is a question. I think this is a week though that you can because 
Look, man, we're just picking on the Lions defense. And I think this is a week where the Packers can kind of get the ship righted again. I think you're going to see big things from Aaron Jones. I think you're going to see Aaron Rodgers spread the football around. Maybe it is a Romeo Dobbs week. Maybe it's it's Robert Tunyon. I think there's a whole lot of options here. But for once, I think we can count on Aaron Rodgers. And maybe, maybe he gets us over 16 fantasy points, which is a thing that I don't think he's done yet this year. It, it would be – I, I have him as a start as well in this start sit. I'm with you. I, I'm in on Aaron Rodgers. And – I even wrote in the thing. I was like, "You guys would have laughed at me like at this time last year." <laughs> yes, this this is this is where we are now. Life comes at you fast. <laughs> Raiders at the Jaguars. We talked about Travis Etienne and the good work he's been doing on the field for the Jaguars offense last week. It was all bad for the Raiders. Devontae Adams had one catch for three yards. Josh Jacobs was completely shut down. The Raiders were shut out against the Saints. Do Adams and Jacobs bounce back this week against the Jags? I definitely think Jacobs does. Uh, the Saints are great at stopping the run. The Jaguars are anything but. So I think he bounces back. And I think Devontae does as well. I think they'll hear the chatter and everything going on right now and hopefully, you know, make a concerted effort to get him the ball early on and just – but I, I think he's fine. He's Devontae Adams. I think he's going to be fine. I think they're going to force feed him targets just to get him going again. And as you mentioned, the Jags have been bad against the run, so I think Josh Jacobs gets back. Plus, this always feels like one of those things where there's a little bit of professional pride, right? The Raiders are going to spend all week hearing about how bad they've been and what are they doing and it's all falling apart. I mean, these guys get paid and they have pride. And I think they're going to go out there and, you know, try to remind everybody that, hey, look, we aren't a terrible football team. Um, I don't know if that necessarily means a win, but I just don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last week. Anything else that we should note in this one? I think you should beware of Derek Carr. And I almost had him as a sit, but I am a coward. Um, the Jaguars <laughs> defense has been pretty bad this year. So it is possible that Derek Carr could have a bounce back game, but... This is also a matchup where they can just run the ball a bunch, and that's kind of what has sunk Derek Carr. Like he's, There's been games where Devontae Adams will get his, and no one else does because Josh Jacobs is taking all of the production away. And like since week four, Derek Carr is one game over 15 fantasy points. He hasn't reached 20 in a game yet this season. Like I think right now he's more of a name, and we're looking at like all the weapons he has around him and thinking there's still more potential there, but we just we have not seen it. We haven't seen it. I mean, we thought the AFC West was going to be just a battle week in and week out, but really the Chiefs are the only offense that has really been a, you know, a, a dynamite outfit so far this season. The Chargers have been eh, outside of Austin Eckler. Uh, the Raiders haven't really figured it out. The Broncos have been an abject disaster, so it hasn't turned out the way we thought. The more things change, the more they stay the same. The more they stay the same. Still the Chiefs, kind of like everybody else <laughs> looking up at Kansas City right now. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. The NFL is headed to Germany for the first time. And you could get in on the action. We're sending one lucky fan plus three guests to Munich to watch Tom Brady and the Bucks. Take on DK Metcalf and the Seahawks. Winning fans will enjoy a week in Munich that also features a Bayern Munich European football match. No purchase necessary. To enter and for rules, visit NFL.com slash Munich sweepstakes. Back with our game previews, we got the Colts and the Patriots, and I think you can start Ramondre Stevenson in this one. I I think you're going to see more Damian Harris, I'm just going to put that out there, but Stevenson very much has taken over the lead role in this Patriots backfield, and what I like about him is, one, the volume of touches he's getting overall, but the fact that he is taking those targets, and this is a team that's still... There's really no pass catchers that you know are just going to dominate the target share. Jacoby Myers is getting a lot of looks, but we've seen the ball spread around there in New England. Ramondre Stevenson is getting some work. And even though the Colts are sort of middle of the road against fantasy running backs, I think that volume sort of wins the day, and Stevenson is still worth a start. Maybe as an RB2, maybe as a flex, but I think he deserves to be in your lineups this week. 
Bills and the Jets, and we talk about teams looking up at the Chiefs in the AFC West. Everybody's kind of looking up at Buffalo in the AFC East. You can kind of stifle your smile there a little <laughs> bit. Uh, but it's still a big one because the Jets are still very much a competitive football team right now. Gabe Davis, uh, he's kind of a guy, He's you know he can be a home run hitter, but every now and then that means that maybe he sort of leaves you wanting. Do you trust starting him against the Jets secondary that's been pretty good this year? I, I do. I, I think that his upside is so high, and with six teams on by, it's really hard to, to get him out of your starting lineup. And I know he disappointed last week, but he had a season-high seven targets. What caught me off guard was uh, Jair Alexander was shadowing Gabe Davis, not Stephon Diggs. And to me, I know a lot of people took that as like, oh, Gabe Davis had a bad game. I was like, this is how good Gabe Davis is. <laughs> like, they're using their best corner on him. So I, I would still, I think you still start him. I think he's still worth a start. Like I said, he's he's a home run hitter, which yeah. means he doesn't need a lot of catches in order to put up a big game. And so that's just sort of what happens with Gabe Davis. Anything else uh, of note in this Bills-Jets game? I would sit the Bills running backs because we're not sure how much Naheem Hines will get used uh, this first week. James Cook has been getting a little bit more work. So even if Hines is, is not fully acclimated, maybe we see more of him. But even when Singletary had the backfield to himself, outside of that one game in Miami, which I am now convinced was because he's from Miami and everyone else there was like <laughs> dealing with IVs in their arms. And he was like, keep giving me the ball outside of that one game. He's been a flex option at best most weeks, so I think you just you stay away from them this week. It's weird because I feel like he's getting more touches than he has in the past, but it really hasn't turned into much of anything. It's been really frustrating to watch. The Vikings at the Commanders. Sit all your Commanders running backs. Just just sit them. It's Brian Robinson. It's it's Antonio Gibson. It's J.D. McKissick. And I know that, that Gibson had a nice game last week, but that feels sort of like an outlier just because – there's no real rhyme or reason to how these guys are being used, but all three of them are being used. And this is an offense that doesn't move the ball. They don't score a lot of points. They're not very explosive. And so weeks like what you got from Gibson are very much an outlier. So if you have any one of them, I'm guessing you can probably find a better option either on your bench or maybe even on the waiver wire. I think you avoid any commanders running backs this week against minnesota it's time for who's gonna eat presented by uber eats managing a fantasy team and hitting refresh on your scores works up an appetite so order with uber eats today it's a battle of the birds down in the desert seahawks and cardinals let's talk about who we think is going to ball out in this one yeah, someone, I forget who it was, told us a story that they saw a Seahawk, like, destroying something one time. And I'm like, I think a Seahawk would beat a Cardinal in this uh, <laughs> in this bird battle. But I think Zach Ertz is a start here. Um, after, in week seven, he had his worst game of the year. It was the first time he failed to reach double-digit fantasy points. And a lot of people were starting to get worried. Like, I wonder if this is the new Ertz with DeAndre Hopkins back. But then last week, 13.4 fantasy points back into double digits every week but one and. When we're talking about a tight end, that's all you want. Like, if you're guaranteeing me double-digit fantasy points, that's enough to get in my starting lineup. And then you add in that the Seahawks have really struggled against tight ends this year. That makes Ertz a, uh, a, a just a guy that you get in your lineup and you don't think twice about it. Right. He's been one of those guys where maybe it's not overwhelming, but he's been fairly consistent. And, again, if you don't have 
Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey, you're sort of spinning a roulette wheel trying to figure out what, what's what every week. But Zach Ertz feels like a good pick. By the way, I think it was our producer Alex Wilk from NFL Fantasy yes. Live saying uh, he saw a Seahawk like eating a giant fish or something like that, destroying a fish. <laughs> Which scared me because I've never seen a Seahawk in I didn't think they were actually real. I just thought they were seagulls, but that's from me living in <laughs> California my whole life. That was Who's Gonna Eat, presented by Uber Eats, the official on-demand food delivery partner of the NFL. Even if you make the wrong fantasy lineup call, make the right call on delivery. Order with Uber Eats today. Rams and Buccaneers, and when the schedule came out, this game looked a lot more exciting than it's actually turning out to be. <laughs> Both of these teams trying to find their way through what are you doing for this one? I'm sitting Matthew Stafford in this one. And I know Stafford, first of all, the Bucks defense is very, very tough. And Stafford hasn't been really playing good football as of late. He is coming off of one of his better games uh, this season, which isn't saying much because he scored just 17 fantasy points. That wasn't even enough to make him a top 15 fantasy quarterback. Um, he threw, And that was because he had a rushing touchdown. He threw for just 187 <laughs> yards and a touchdown like... I don't know. There's not a lot to get excited. And now Cooper Cup is dealing with an ankle injury. Just not a lot to get excited for Stafford. Not I, I would a say. lot to get excited about with the Rams offense right now. And you're right. If Cooper Cup is hurt, then it's it's really the pits uh, for the Los Angeles Rams. Titans and the Chiefs, that is on Sunday night football. Look, when you look at the Chiefs pass catchers, Travis Kelsey is probably going to be the number one guy. So excluding Travis Kelsey, who is going to be the top scoring Chiefs wide receiver this week? It is Juju Smith-Schuster each and every week until maybe Kadarius Tony is up to speed in this <laughs> offense because I'm not quitting on him. You know that. But Juju, I, the last what he's done the last couple of weeks, get him in your lineup. Yeah, I think it's Juju as well. It seems like they've actually got something going there now in yeah. Kansas City, and I don't know if it's you know I don't know if it's what Juju was saying because they all played Call of Duty together, or if it's just because <laughs> look, man, they played six, seven games together now, and they've kind of figured out like how how the other person operates. I feel like it's more that than the whole Call of Duty thing. Do but whatever makes Juju happy, either way, I think I think he's the guy that is going to be the top-scoring wide receiver for Kansas City. Do you think it was like in the office where they play Call of Duty for like team building and like Juju yeah. was the one that didn't know how to play or whatever? No, was I feel like Juju, Juju definitely knows how to yeah. play Call of Duty, yeah, that's right? I mean, he was like, you know, he, wasn't he part of FaZe Clan? I think he was part of one of those big oh, gaming yeah. uh, gaming teams for a while. Travis Kelsey probably was like, how do I play? I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who would be the one, but uh, yeah, I don't know who would be the one in that group who didn't know how to play. I'm going to say this. You're not sitting Derrick Henry. You're just not. But I will tell you to sort of be a little bit concerned about him this week. I think he's going to get plenty of volume. Uh, you know, We'll see if it's Malik Willis starting again or whether or not Ryan Tannehill is good to go this week. But the Chiefs are going to be ready for the Titans to run the football. I don't know how the Texans weren't ready for it. You had a rookie quarterback starting and no real pass-catching threats, and yet somehow the Texans still let Derrick Henry run for 200-plus yards. I don't see that happening with Kansas City. So if anything, maybe Henry gets some targets, because I think the Chiefs are going to put up points. So maybe Derrick Henry gets some targets as the Titans are kind of play, trying to play from behind. Uh, again, I'm not telling you to sit Derrick Henry because that would just be malpractice, but I don't really <laughs> love the matchup this week for him. Monday Night Football, the Ravens and the Saints. Uh, Rashad Bateman is going to be out for an extended period of time. Do you trust starting Devin Duvernay? Not unless I'm desperate. I, I know he's had some ups when, uh, when Bateman has been out, but it, it also depends on Mark Andrews if he's going to suit up or not. Uh, but... The Saints' secondary looked like one we could pick on, and then they completely shut down the Raiders last week. 
They they really did. I thought we were going to get more out of the Raiders. It didn't happen. Yeah, Duvernay is a deep league option, but I think in you know ten team leagues, I don't I don't think you're you're starting Devin Duvernay. Um, it's going to be a heavy Mark Andrews game. I wonder if we see, provided he's healthy, of course. I wonder if we see more Isaiah Likely as well. If maybe they go two tight ends and use Likely uh, to get some targets too as well. Anything else uh, in this Ravens Saints game? I'm saying start Chris Olave, and I know last week was his worst performance since week one when he scored 10.2 fantasy points, and some people took that as a negative. I looked at it as a positive. I'm like, if his worst game is 10 fantasy points, that's a very safe floor, and we know that he brings way more upside. Only Tyreek Hill has more air yards. Uh, we, we've seen him go off for close to 25 fantasy points before in a game. And I know the Ravens secondary has been playing better as of late, but on the year, they're still in the top five in production allowed to receivers. And especially, uh, they, they've allowed the most completions of 20-plus air yards this season. So I, I think that bodes well for Chris Olave well, as well. Well, and the Saints didn't really need Olave last week because Alvin Kamara was wrecking fences. So there was really <laughs> no point to force the ball to Olave. Everything was already working out uh, with Kamara. There are six teams on a bye this week. Those six teams are the Browns, the Broncos, the Steelers, the Cowboys, the Giants, and the 49ers. You're going to have a lot of top-level running backs off this week, but also just a lot of players across the board. So that leads us to our Week 9 players to stream. And at the quarterback spot, even though I said Trevor Lawrence has been sort of underwhelming this year, this feels like a spot that you can get Trevor Lawrence in a fantasy lineup. The Raiders have been bad defensively across the board. And what has actually helped Lawrence uh, in previous weeks was that he actually was running the football. He was sort of going the Tim Tebow route where maybe he wasn't throwing it quite as effectively, but he was running and he was scoring those rushing touchdowns. And that very much could be in play this week. By the way, it is. I didn't think about this. It's a Zay Jones revenge game oh, yeah. against the Raiders. So maybe he, they, maybe they get him involved a little bit more. But either way, I think Trevor Lawrence does have some streaming capabilities uh who else could we stream at quarterback i'm gonna copy off of your homework a little bit i I think aaron Rodgers is in play as a streaming option he gets the lions who he has had a ton of success against uh, and the lions defense has just struggled this year they allow the second most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks but like i said Rodgers against the lions since 2020 Averaging 25 fantasy points per game and just under three touchdowns per game. And if you can't use Aaron Rodgers against the Lions, when can you? If you can't use him this week, I just don't know when you can do it. So if we're using Rodgers as a quarterback streamer, then I like his tight end. Robert Tunyon as a tight end streamer. Big Bob Tunyon has been... He's been getting some things done. It's been inconsistent, but certainly when the matchup is right, he has played well. And because Rodgers is finding trouble having consistent targets... I think he's leaning on the guys that he trusts and knows, and Tunyon is one of those guys, plus uh, dot, 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 Lions. So I feel like that's enough reason to stream Robert Tunyon. Any other tight end streamers you got? Evan Ingram against the Raiders, and I think at this point we should stop. Like, you should pick up Evan Ingram and just use him like as, like as your starting tight end each week. <laughs> he's been good. Six or more targets in four straight games. Say volume is a lot more than most uh, tight ends could say, but in those four games – at least nine fantasy points in all of them with double digits in three of them. Plus the Raiders, they've allowed the third most fantasy points to tight ends, including the third most touchdowns. So just a favorable matchup for a guy who's been getting a lot more work and being productive with it. You know, we, th- we thought the Evan Ingram dream was dead, but he's gone to Jacksonville and he's, he's had a revival down there. Well, there's been a constant theme in this streamer sections that we have been leaning on the Green Bay Packers, or more likely we've been leaning <laughs> against. I know that makes Randy happy. That uh, we've been leaning against the Detroit Lions, and even though the Lions do score a lot of points, 
They also make a lot of mistakes. So my streaming defense this week is the Green Bay Packers because Jared Goff is still Goffish at times, which means he has a tendency to throw the football to the other team. The Lions uh, do go through stretches where they struggle to move the football. They're struggling pr to protect the quarterback. So I think this is a week that the Packers pass rush can get after Goff a little bit. Maybe get some takeaways as well. So I know it hasn't been a great year for this Packers defense, but this feels like a week that they can sort of turn things around. And if they somehow lose this game, uh, then I, I don't know. I feel like there's going to be riots in the Green Bay area. Probably the whole state of Wisconsin. I never, I didn't consider that. If they lost their fifth in a row to the Lions, to the Lions? it will be hilarious to watch. Aaron I mean, next for year. us as non-Packers fans, <laughs> it will be hilarious. Sorry, Randy. The state of, the state of Wisconsin might be a state of emergency in the state of Wisconsin if that were to happen. We're getting to the point of the season where you're starting to look ahead. And if your team looks like it's on track for the playoffs, maybe now is the time to think about making some moves, trading for some guys to bolster your roster for that postseason run. So we got some trade targets, guys to trade for, guys to trade away. For you, who is somebody that people should be looking to add right now? I think DeAndre Swift is a great trade target right now. He is so explosive. He's one of the most explosive players in the game. He's averaging over seven yards uh, per carry, over eight yards per catch this year. Plus, we know he's very good, but he's missed a lot of time, and he came back last week and he was limited. What felt like to me a game where they didn't want to let him just go all out right away. They wanted to ease him back into things. But if you drafted DeAndre Swift early, you could be in a position where you desperately need a win now or you're very frustrated with him. And they, they gave me a little heat on for saying this on Fantasy Live yesterday. But that's when you strike in fantasy. Like, <laughs> yeah, like you take advantage of someone else being frustrated or, or in need of a win right now. So go out and get DeAndre Swift. Well, along those lines, that's why I'm saying you trade for Jonathan Taylor. There because we go. people who drafted him number one overall are frustrated. It has not been anything close to what they expected when they drafted Jonathan Taylor. And look, there are circumstances around that. The offensive line in Indianapolis has not been very good. The Matt Ryan experiment was just a straight-up bust. But now no Naheem Hines there. And yes, even though Sam Ellinger, at least through one game, shows that he's not wanting to throw to the running back, there are still more targets there because Deion Jackson isn't really a pass catcher. It's going to be Jonathan Taylor that gets a lot of those targets out of the backfield. So I think better days are coming for him. But somebody in your league might be frustrated. They might be struggling. They might be willing to part with Jonathan Taylor for the right price. So those are the guys we want to acquire. Who is somebody you might want to give up to help acquire you one of those pieces? David Montgomery, who I, I think still brings a lot of value in namesake, but he's actual fantasy production has taken a hit uh Khalil Herbert is getting a bunch of carries uh, also taking some targets away David Montgomery has just four targets in his last three games combined a touchdown saved him two weeks ago last week he just barely cracked double digits but we know coming in that his upside was much higher he was viewed as like a, a very safe RB2 so if there's someone who's maybe still valuing David Montgomery is that because I think his fantasy value is definitely trending in the wrong direction Go out and trade him right now. Yeah, I had to reevaluate. I like David Montgomery, but the hot hand thing with Khalil Herbert there makes me a little bit wary of him. I think you're trading away Terry McLaurin. And Scary Terry has been kind of scary on the wrong side of things for much of the year. But last week, he looked good. And we're sort of holding out hope that Taylor Heineke is enough to unlock him. The problem is, I don't think Taylor Heineke is going to be the starter all year long. Carson Wentz comes back and he's healthy again. Then he's probably going to be the guy to start there. But this feels like an advantage to take... This feels like an opportunity to take advantage of McLaurin on the upside of things. Maybe somebody is looking for wide receivers. 
the name value is certainly still there. The production the last couple of weeks has been elevated. I just don't think it stays there. And I think you this is a good time to try to trade him before things kind of go south again with him. Can, can we just get Terry a good quarterback? He is Please. so good. I was going to say he's the new Allen Robinson, but Allen Robinson hasn't really worked out yeah. in Los Angeles. He got his best quarterback undoubtedly, and like it's just been downhill. It's still been bad for him. <laughs> We've got our top sleepers for Week 9. Florio, start us off. Terrace Marshall Jr., who, with no Robbie Anderson there, with P.J. Walker playing better football than Baker has, has become a useful fantasy piece, I would say, especially with six teams on by this week. He played 92% of the snaps last week, had nine targets, three of which were in the end zone, so you love that. 92 air yards. He, he's getting used downfield at times. He's, I, I would say right now he's looking like their top uh, weapon when they get into the red zone. That's not D.J. Moore's strength, so... Terrence Marshall, if you're going a little bit deeper, especially this week, if they're chasing points against the Bengals, he's a name I like. I loved him as a rookie. It just never happened, so maybe it's starting to happen now. We talked about the Packers and their opportunity against the Lions. I'm going to go maybe a little bit deeper and go A.J. Dillon. And I know that he hasn't been getting the usage that we would have wanted from him this year, uh, especially the last couple of weeks. But they're putting him on the field. He's playing a decent number of snaps. There are plenty of times when he and Aaron Jones are on the field together. So maybe this is a week where they really try to hammer the run. Dillon, that just kind of hammer between the tackles. I think he can give you that opportunity, and maybe he gets a couple of touches down near the goal line. So this is more of a deeper league play. I don't think you're playing him in 10-team leagues, but I think A.J. Dillon has some value. Uh, another sleeper for you this week. This feels gross to say, but Noah Fant. I, I used him once before <laughs> as a start in the Stardom Sidham article, and that was against the Arizona Cardinals where he went out and scored a season-high 10.5 fantasy points. So why not go back to the well again? This is... Purely for people who are in deeper leagues or you're going a little bit deeper at tight end, I wouldn't play him over your weekly starter. But he's been playing more snaps than Will Disley. He's been getting more targets than Will Disley. Uh, and because of that and because of the matchup, really, we say it all the time, stream tight ends against the Cardinals. I think Noah Fant is a deeper name that's in play this week. Wow. No, so we've had Evan Ingram coming back and now Noah Fant coming back. It's, it's a wild year for tight ends. <laughs> uh, one more sort of deep name for you, another deep sleeper here, and that's Caleb Huntley. And we talked about Tyler Algier and his opportunity uh, this week against the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, I think Caleb Huntley sort of also fits into that. And again, we're talking deeper leagues here. Huntley, the guy who is, again, more of the hammer, more between the tackles guy, maybe the guy who gets some touches down near the goal line. We saw him get a decent amount of work last week against Carolina. This is probably the only time you can play Caleb Huntley just because Cordero Patterson is lurking. And once Patterson is back, I think it becomes Patterson at, at the lead with Algier behind him and Huntley uh, is relegated to the bench. So if you are of a mind to make this move or maybe be contrarian in, in DFS leagues, uh, then this is the week to get Caleb Huntley in your lineup against the L.A. Chargers. Woo, that was beefy. Uh, look, <laughs> you know the drill by now that uh, if you subscribe to one of these shows, you get all of them in your podcast feed across the week. Five days worth of fantasy content. You can catch us here on the NFL Fantasy Football Show, the Stardom Sit'em Show, or the Fantasy Q&A Show. Subscribe to one and you get all of them in your lineup. Plus, you can always check us out on in the Fantasy app on our NFL Fast channels and YouTube.com slash NFL Fantasy Football. In the meantime, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, a yawn is just a silent scream for coffee. Be safe. Take care of yourselves. Enjoy Week 9, and we'll talk to you next week. 